Jeff's. Jeff's Wonderland. And a warm, fuzzy welcome to the Wonderland. For those of you in chilly places, and a cool and refreshing one to our listeners in the more equatorial areas, because I feel that an appropriate welcome should always take into account the current body temperature of the guest concerned. Not that I'm going to start running around with thermometers, but, well, you know, you get the idea. You get the gist. Anyway, this is, of course, episode 95, and if it's your first time listening, this is my wonderland. Not anybody else's, mine. It's a land of wonder, and indeed wondering about all sorts of things, and my personal take on some of those things. And given that my family and the few friends I have left are utterly sick of hearing what I think about stuff, I've made it my mission to bring whatever my oddball views on this, that and the other thing might be to all of you out there in podcast listening land in the hope that you might find it entertaining or surprising or educational or even thought-provoking, depending on, uh, you know, how you roll mentally. Anyway, my name is Jeff Healy, that's Jeff with a G and two Fs, and I'm an Australian singer-songwriter and piano entertainer, recording artist, comedian and amateur barista. I've been living in Europe for the last few decades, and to me, life and the world we live in are both increasingly interesting in all sorts of ways, some of which I'll be taking a look at today. So buckle up. I'm going to kick off today's episode with a popular three-word expression, and that is, haters gonna hate. And as overused as that figure of speech has become, it's true. And it's particularly frustrating when you know you've done nothing ostensibly wrong. So today, I'd like to dig into the phenomenon of undeserved disdain by talking about mangrove swamps. Confused? You should be. And so... To unravel the connection between the ecosystem and why some people are going to think you suck, we're now going to down periscope and descend into the murky but interesting waters of theory time. Yo, you can't know what you can't know. I'm going to tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory time. And welcome to theory time. Just as a mangrove swamp is usually unattractive and smelly, but nonetheless a really important part of our ecosystem. And don't ask me why, but they just are. And go Google if you need to know why, okay? Most of you will have, at some time or another, encountered people who've decided that they dislike you for no quantifiable reason, and who will continue to do so as a matter of principle, quite possibly forever. Now, that person could be male or female of of any age, a work colleague, an employer, a relative, or pretty much just about anybody you come into contact with. And it's not a pleasant situation, especially when you realise that this somebody has mysteriously declared you unlikable beyond redemption, at least to themselves. But it happens. And the most surprising takeaway from this situation is that it often ends up being beneficial to the person being disliked, as weird as that might sound. Now, it seems to me that the whole business of life involves a series of checks and balances, which we're not always going to understand 
than that sometimes what looks unpleasant to us at the time can be advantageous in the long run. Hence, the smelly swamp reference. Now, we usually deal with being treated unfairly by others by reacting with some kind of righteous anger. You know, wanting to punch these idiots squarely in the face and then subsequently write them off as the nutjobs and dickwads that they appear to be. Which is fair enough. After all, you've been out there doing the best that you can, and for some reason, they've decided that you're rubbish and given you no right of reply. And you're only human, right? So... What's really important to remember here, though, is that it's not about you. It's about them. Meaning, they're the one with the problem. And by that, I mean that the root cause of that person's dislike of you is likely something that you appear to represent to them, which they find threatening, rather than anything you've actually done or who you actually are, which is also the reason that you're powerless to do anything about it in that you can't fix an imaginary problem of somebody else's, which, being imaginary, didn't exist in the first place. So, given that you're powerless to change that person's opinion of you, it's essential to mentally and emotionally disengage from it, and to consciously file that whole thing in your mental trash basket. And then, empty said trash basket. I also believe that there are other elements in play which we should consider. Not the least of which is what I'm going to call the mangrove effect, which amounts to an energy exchange which ultimately restores balance to the whole equation. Now, I know that might sound a bit airy-fairy, but stay with me. Ironically, the whole business of holding a grudge, even if there's a real reason for doing so, is far more damaging to the holder of the grudge, who we're going to call the grudger than it is to the object of said grudge, who we'll call the grudgee, simply because actively disliking somebody, especially when there's no actual reason for doing so, takes energy and effort on the part of the grudger, for which there is no actual reward. Now this is where, in my own experience, and it's happened more than once, the mangrove effect really kicks in. That is, the negative energy expended by the grudger somehow ends up being delivered to the grudgee as positive energy, usually manifested in the form of unexpected opportunities, improved personal motivation and performance, an increase in appreciation from others, etc., etc. It's weird, but it is a thing. Karma? Kinda. But nowadays, if it happens to me, something really good is always just around the corner. So there you have it. And remember, no matter who you are or what you do, sooner or later, somebody out there isn't going to like you, even if there's no good reason for it. Ignore it if you can, but if you have to say anything to them at all, a heartfelt thank you should do the trick. And I'd call that another Wonderland win. This is what I know. Theory time. And that's it for today's edition of Theory Time. Now... Being close to the halfway point in the show, it's time for some musical relief. And today's track is from one of Germany's top prog rock bands, RPWL. And as it happens, the boys have just released a brand new album. So we're going to have a listen to an excerpt from the first single off the album, and this is Unchain the Earth.
there from RPWL, and that was Unchain the Earth, taken from their album Beyond Man and Time, and you can check out the whole album and all of their previous albums on any of the major music streaming platforms. What we really need right now, though, is an escape from everyday common sense. So it's time to sit back and chill out to a brand new edition of Good Times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. You know, Kev, I want to talk about politically correct things. That's, you know what, that's in, that's in my craw as well at the moment, whatever that means. But it, yeah, there's so, you have to be so careful about what you do now, you know. So it's st- stuck in your craw. Give me an example. I was thinking of the origins kind of of words a little bit and how some of them are, you know, now totally politically incorrect. And people don't realize how politically yep. incorrect they yep. are. So, Which is probably just as well. But just anyway, as well. Yeah. So then, you know, technically, unless you realize it, actually not. <laughs> You're right. Very much so. Yeah. Absolutely true. Someone has and to point it out. I want to live in. Yeah. I want to live in that world. No. Okay, so, so anyway, I want to live, I want to live there. Always, but anyway, yeah, always. so so I'm thinking, yep. okay, what what words would be you know considered politically incorrect? And so I'm I'm looking at my windows and I'm going, okay, um, where where did you know where did the word for the for the window covering come from? Like you know, you've got curtains, you've got blinds, you know, blinds. So I'm thinking blinds. What what does that mean? Well, clearly, you know, a blind person is not going to be able to see well, are they? They're going to be in the dark. Regardless of whether the blinds are down or up or anything, which is weird. I know. That's what I mean. So so someone thought they're going to they're be ch- being cheeky about it or whatever. What do we call call this thing that blocks out all the light? Let's give it the... Jesus, blind. I'm not going to be blinded by the light anymore. Let's call it the blinds. Yeah, yeah, the blinds. And, and there, every time, every time you look at a window, you could be offended if you're a blind person. But of course, you wouldn't be able to see the window. That's how but they get away with it. They, they get away with it. Because the blind people can't see that they're having the piss taken out of them. Because the blinds, the word just goes by and the blind person saying, well, I can't. Exactly. I don't know what they're talking about. Well, I do, but I don't. And, and oh, whatever. It's not fair. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. That's one of those words I, I never thought about. No, but, but you've thought about it now. Yeah. I'm glad you thought about it, Kev, because it needs to be thought about. Now, I've got another one for you. This one's not exactly politically incorrect, but... You know what a boom gate is, right? Never heard of it. A boom gate. A boom gate. No. A boom I'm gate. I'm serious. You have so. Don't you lie to me, you Canadian. Okay, I'll tell you what it is. You know when you're going into a car park and uh, like this big arm comes down? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's so that's a, a boom gate. Okay, you don't have those in Canada. We do, but I didn't know it had a name. Uh, okay, folks, people, this is going out to everyone in Canada. You have these things, but you don't know, they don't have a name, but they will stop you getting into the car park. No, but they are called boom gates, right? Now, I was thinking to myself, why boom gate? And then it occurred to me, the penny dropped. It dropped, I picked it up and spent it. But here's the thing. The boom gate in the old days, before there was like aluminium to make these things out of, before there was like, you know, a mechanism whereby it would come down in front of a, not a car, but a horse and carriage or, a, you know, an old woman carrying a lot of stuff on her back or someone carrying right. vegetables on their head or whatever. Right you, had, right. you had a guy with a gun standing there, not letting you in for some reason. And if you tried to get in, then he would shoot you and it would go boom. And that's why they call it boom gate. That's why. That's the reason. I think I think my silence is, is really <laughs> the response that's necessary. So you don't believe me, Kevin. You think I'm making that up. I, I think you're just full of 
whatever that boom thing is. No, but boom. Yeah, boom. And so that that <laughs> song. No, no, that song. Boom, boom, boom. Let's go back to my room. Now, clearly, that's a, a warning that whoever is singing that song may have weapons in their possession, and you may not want. Well, to, well or, or even a, yeah, a, you mean, or maybe they want to drive a car through a boom gate. I don't know. And well, you know, it's not good. Boom. Boom, shake, tick the room. Well, that's, boom, that's boom, the other shake, one. Boom, shake, the room. Again, again. Tick, 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 boom. The, you know, the, well, that's yeah, an obvious well, one. Well, that's an obvious it? one. And clearly that was written in a car park, about a car park, and no one knows it until now. There it is. This is what we do. I never here knew that. Times. It's true. Okay. Never, so, there's so many things you can learn here oh, it, that are that, completely that, pointless. Absolutely <laughs> pointless. But, folks, we, we encourage you to go out and try some of these things. Try them on your friends, on your relatives, on your employer, particularly if it's your last day on the job or if you're going on holidays and you don't really like the job anyway. Because, you know, and then they'll say to you the inevitable, have you been listening to that Wonderland thing again? And yeah, and you'll say, uh, yes, I yes, was. Yes, I was. So, you know, be warned. Don't say you weren't warned, folks, because you've been... Mm. Good times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. And we'll be back with more good times on the next episode of The Wonderland. Provided, of course, that neither myself nor Little Kev have been kidnapped. Now, I'm not sure what the chances of that would be, but (laughs) you never know. So, yeah. Anyway, moving right along. And I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this on the show before. I have no sense of direction. None whatsoever. So a few months ago, I was driving somewhere in Brisbane using Google Maps or Apple Maps, as you do these days, to get to somewhere I'm not totally familiar with. And it's with that journey in mind that we're now going to take a run with this right through the unprotected goalposts of Jeff's Thought of the Day. And welcome to Thought of the Day. Yes, satellite navigation. Arguably one of the most useful and commonly used things globally. Along with the retractable backscratcher, of course. Anyway, it was while driving through Brisbane, a fairly large city in terms of area, when I started thinking that without the Navi, I would be completely screwed in terms of getting to my destination on time or possibly even at all. After all, it wasn't that long ago that I was getting around with nothing more than paper maps and road signs, or someone in the passenger side seat telling me where to go, and sometimes giving me directions as well. Mostly, though, my thoughts on having Navi are positive, as in, hey, isn't this great? A free phone app that guides you from A to B. But my mate Fitzy pointed out that satellite navigation, whilst super useful and free, might just be another example of us being dumbed down by technology. Hmm. So, I had a bit of a think about this, didn't I? And whilst I'm not a fan of conspiracy theories, I have to admit that tech is increasingly making us lazy and harder to amuse. The more we get, the more we expect, and the less we're prepared to do in order to get it. On a personal note, I've noticed that my handwriting skills are definitely going down the toilet, along with my attention span. Now, before you think that I'm launching into a whinge fest, re, you know, modern life technology and social media, yada yada, I'm not. There are always positives and negatives with any new stuff that comes along, as with any period in history. I reckon that rather than trying to fight it, 
we should just be aware of change as much as we can and try to put it into a non-judgmental perspective against whatever's gone before and then just get on with things as best we can. Given the exponential rate at which things are changing though, my guess is that over the next 30 years, it's going to be a full-time job keeping up with just about anything. And so to forthcoming generations, I'd just like to say, Good luck with all that. I think, I think it was the thought of the day. And on that optimistic note, we bid farewell to Thought of the Day and today's episode of The Wonderland. Thanks to you all for listening, to Little Kev for his, as ever, invaluable contribution to our Good Time segment, and the bloke outside with the chainsaw who appears to have just accidentally cut down the neighbour's 100-year-old shade tree. It's going to be an interesting summer. Anyway, folks, take care of yourselves, and I'll be back in two weeks' time with more theories, thoughts, music, and pointless but hopefully amusing conjecture on another brand new episode of The Wonderland. Gotta get back to Jeff's Wonderland. Wonderland.